This morning's message is entitled, When a Saint is Called, and it's from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. And we're going to be looking at the life, or part of the life, of Abraham. And I was going to walk through Abraham and Sarah, but we're not going to do that this morning because I would not be able to do those both, both those passages justice in the time that I've allotted myself. And so, I, uh, we're going to stick just to Abraham today. And um, I was encouraged as I was reading through this, and this passage brought back so many memories for me uh, throughout my life. And I think many of us, probably, if you look back through your life, you have what you might even call signposts. Um, and, and what I mean by that is these these moments in life that were critical seasons in your life that were somewhat life-changing, um, where you felt God was at work and doing something very specific in your life. Now, if you're 10 and 8 and 8 and 7, likely there haven't been a ton of those moments yet, right? But if you're a teenager, 17 years old, going on 30, or dead, yeah, there you go, <laughs> if we're going back in time, you know, but if we're looking back, we can see those moments, and we can reflect, and some of those moments bring us heartache, but we saw God working even in the heartache. Uh, some of those moments bring us immense amount of joy, because we saw where God was working in the joy. Some of those moments uh, cause us to cringe, because it's when God called us to the carpet. And some of those moments cause us to celebrate. Because at those moments, we witness God working in our life, and, for, and it's likely that there was a pivot point, a crossroads, if you will, where you could go one way or another. And you struggled with that. And that struggle is real. And I'm going to use an example this morning that will be that's very specific to me and will resonate very clearly with you all about my own life. But when you when you hear God's voice, and I don't mean that in an audible sense today, but when you hear God's voice through His Word, through the Holy Spirit that indwells believers, and through circumstances that God places providentially in our lives. When you see those things, we wrestle with it. We wrestle with it. I remember back several years ago now, might be 10 years ago, when I was going through a very poignant time in my life, trying to discern what God was, how God was working in my life. I had just concluded uh, my tenure as a youth pastor. I knew very clearly that he was changing my direction from that. I, I knew that so, I, I, it was almost like writing on the wall. It's like I saw a hand and just started writing it on the wall. That's from Daniel chapter 5, if anybody wants to go back there, okay? But, I mean, it was that clear. I needed to, I needed to step out of youth ministry and, and take some time to review what God was doing. And then very quickly, I, I got the opportunity to begin leading worship. And I, and I celebrated that, and I, I was thankful for that. 
opportunity. And again, it was like writing on the wall that this is clearly what God wanted me to do. But not. Sh- but shortly after that, I felt that God was preparing me for something else, preparing me for something else. Now, before, um, t- too often, I think that we look at individuals, especially individuals in public, in the public sphere, and we look at individuals and we say that God works in special ways in that individual's life. And I don't believe that. I believe that God works in specific ways in people's life. But God works the same in all believers' lives, just to different degrees and different specificities. And God was preparing me for something that I was not even sure of. And I remember being in a very serious... uh, I, I was distraught over this. I was very concerned about this. And I remember we gathered in a small group one evening, and we had guests coming in, and they said, do you all have prayer requests? And I'll be honest with you, I was not the, I'm, not, I'm still not to this day, an individual who likes to just open up about stuff. That's not me. I, it's not because I like to keep things bottled in or, or I've got too many secrets. It's not that. It's just that I, I feel, and, and this is not right, it's just my personality, I guess, that I don't want to bother people with my issues. You know what I feel like, what, what I mean by that. Like my stuff is piddly with that. You know, I mean, I see what Peggy has gone through here recently, what Donna has gone through recently, um, what several of us have gone through recently. I was like, I don't want to bother individuals that are, that are going through much more serious things with my piddly stuff. But this night, I just felt so um, bombarded with, I was just distraught. And they said, do you all have any prayer requests? And, I, and I, I said, yes, I do. And I said, I don't know if you'll understand this. But I said, I'm really wrestling with something right now really, really wrestling with. And folks, I didn't know what. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And actually, to this day, I don't know exactly what it was that I was dealing with. But here's what I told them. And you've heard this phrase before. In fact, I even said this to Crystal this morning about a different topic. I told them, and this is kind of where this phrase was born in my life. I said, I know, I know that I cannot be out of God's providence. I can't change God's providence. That's his. But I fear being out of his will. I don't ever want to be out of God's will. Ever. And I struggled with that. I struggled with that. To this day, I struggle with that. To this day, I struggle with this idea that I'm doing stuff, continuing doing stuff, or going in a particular direction just because it's easy, and just because I'm comfortable, and just because I'm fearful of what stepping off the beaten track and going a different direction might lead to. And we prayed over that. And I will say that God gave me peace about that. And to this day, like I said, I don't know exactly what God was doing there. I think in some part He's still working with me on that. But here's the peace that He gave me. Is that... If I am in tune with His Word, I'm not waiting on an audible voice, folks. We're in a different time than than Abraham was, or Abram at that time. I'm not waiting on an audible voice. But I have His will right here in front of me in His His Word. I believe 100% that I have the Holy Spirit in me who pricks my conscience and speaks to my conscience and gives me the peace that I need. He, give, he has given me a wife who is in tune with His Spirit and with His Word. 
to give me counsel and to tell me yes or to tell me no in no uncertain terms. And he's given me a church that helps confirm and affirm directions and things like that. And so I have peace about that. It's not that I don't still struggle, but I'm not fearful anymore. And this goes right back to this point here. When a saint, and I mean this, a Christian, when a Christian, a saint, is called, how do we respond? We read the passage from Genesis where Abram was called out of his homeland and he was directed to go somewhere else, to go to a new land. Now, folks, Abram was not an Israelite at this time. He was not part of God's people at this time. He did not come from God. He was not born of the people of God. Abram is the beginning of that, right? So God calls him out of his play, of his of the place that that he the only place he knows and sets him on a different journey and just let's just look at this real quick. What was God's command? First of all, and I'm just going to summarize this. He says, "I want you to leave your land." I want you to leave your land. Now put yourself in Abram's shoes right here, okay? Right. Take yourself out of the out of the air condition. Praise the Lord, we got air conditioning and uh, and heat. Actually, we're getting into heat. All right, but take yourself out of this comfort level that we're in right now, and imagine this: that God calls Abraham to leave his land, the only place that he knew. But folks, I remember when we first moved moved from the only place I ever knew, Indiana, and we moved to Kansas. I was young. Didn't really impact me that great, but I did go to a new school. That was a big change. Then to Kansas, then to Missouri, then Missouri to then Kentucky. So I got a little bit of an idea, but not even close to what Abram was dealing with. From a completely different place he's never set eyes on, never even heard of, God's calling him from this. Then he says, leave your family. He says, leave your family, right? And then he asks this. Now, this is a big deal, and I point this out, and I'm going to find this here real quick. I wasn't going to bring, go back to here, but I'm going to real quick. He says, I will make you, or it says here, the Lord said to Abram, go from your, from your land, your relatives, and then he says, and your father's house. So he asked him to leave his land, leave his family, and then the father's house. What does that mean? Leaving his inheritance behind. That inheritance was a very important thing to families as they grew. Leave your father's house. Leave your inheritance behind because I have something greater. Leave behind everything that you have a hold on and trust me because I have something for you that cannot compare to what you're leaving behind. It is so much greater than what you leave behind, but you've got to do it. Now, Abram did not have the privilege of having God's word in front of him. Abram did not have the privilege of having a church of like-minded individuals. Abram did not have a, an entire family that were all in tune with Yahweh. Abram had the voice of God speaking to him. So how is it that Abram can obey this command? The author of Hebrews says, faith faith, which is a gift. Right there, we can prove that faith is a gift because it's not like Abraham was cultivating faith on his own so that he'd be prepared for this godly voice to direct him to a new land. No, God gave him the faith to follow his command. 
We pray for faith. What's the promise? What does God then say he'll do? He says, I promise I will bless you with a great name. Folks, we still sing songs about Abraham. We still sing songs about Abraham. We still speak affectionately of Abraham. I will give you a great name. I will give you the ability to bless others. I will give you protection. I will protect you. I will protect you and I will curse those who attempt to curse you. I will protect you and I will give you what? A future. I will give you a future. And not just you, but I will give your family a future. There is something to be said for godly grandparents and godly parents who are directing, who are living for Christ, living for Christ, seeking Christ in the presence of their children so that their children will never second guess who their parents' commitment was primarily to. Now, that does not mean that our children are all of a sudden going to adopt our faith. But that does mean that they have no, there is no question of who our devotion is to. No question. But God promises a future for Abraham through this lineage. And then finally, we have the response from Abraham. What does Abraham do? First of all, he prepares. Let's read that real quick. Let's go back there real quick to chapter 12. It says, so Abram, starting in verse 4, so Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions, so he prepared. He didn't just, when God called him, he didn't just jump off the boat and go, right? He made preparations. And I do, t- I, I, I do say that this was probably... God leading him by his conscience. I don't want you to just leave from here. Make preparations. Take those things with you, all right, that you're going to need for this journey. And so Abram prepared for it, right? So he prepared, and then he went. It says, He took his possessions they accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And when they And when when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the site of Shechem at the Oak of Moray. Now, what happens at the end here? At the end of this section, it says this. From there he moved on to the hill, uh, the country east of Bethel, and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. He built an altar to the Lord there, and he called on the name of the Lord. So what does Abraham do? Abraham, or Abram at this time, prepares, he goes, and then he worships. Because he knows the one who called him is going to sustain him, and he's going to worship the one who is keeping him. Now, that's the story in a nutshell of Abram being called out of the land to this promised land, right? So that's sort of the background. So let's see what the author of Hebrews says here in this passage, beginning in verse 8. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out even though he did not know where he was going. Abram was not given GPS coordinates from the Lord with uh, uh, Travelocity or uh, TripAdvisor. He didn't have that. He didn't have Yelp. All right. He didn't have the Google. The Google. Boy. (laughs) We're going to get on the Facebook after this, right? (laughs) But, yeah, <laughs> but in, he didn't have those devices to look for and say, well, what are we going to prepare for, right? He's obeying the voice of God in his life. 
Now, it does not say here that Abram was distraught or that he wrestled with this or that he didn't have concerns and things like that. But, and it doesn't say that. It doesn't say it one way or the other. It just says he went. But I would not be surprised if Abram had to think about this a little bit and ponder this a little bit and wrestle with this a little bit because Abram was human. Abram was a sinner called by God. He wasn't uniquely sanctified, all right? He was like you and I, given a specific calling from this land of wilderness to the promised land. But he obeyed. He still obeyed. He left his land, he left his family, he left his inheritance, and he obeyed. And he went to a land that was promised to him, never having once heard of it, knowing it, seeing of it, or anything like that, he goes. Why? Because God called him. When God calls, we dare not ignore his voice. We dare not. We listen and we obey. That doesn't mean that we don't have questions. That doesn't mean that we don't have uh, confusion. That doesn't mean that we don't debate. It doesn't mean that we, don't, uh, that we are not distraught at times. What it does mean that in the end we go. We go when God calls us. By faith, Abraham, was, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive an inheritance. Remember, he gave up his inheritance to receive a greater inheritance. Folks, let me tell you this. Whatever God is calling you from is not better than what God is calling you to. Okay? Whatever God is calling you from is not greater than what God is calling you to. So when God is calling you to something else, be excited for that because he is preparing you and he is going to deliver you into something. Now, that does not mean that he's calling you into greater riches. All right. That's, that's, that's a prosperity preacher. He says, God's preparing you for something greater. He's going to fill your wallet. Okay. That's not where we're going here. What we're saying is, is that when we are following God's plan and God's will, and we're not fighting against that, that He will bless you. In spiritual terms, He will bless you. He set out for a place He was going to receive an inheritance. He went out even though He did not know where He was going. So by faith, Abraham obeyed. And then secondly, by faith, Abraham endured. It says, by faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. Now, my guess is that Abraham was doing quite well for himself before God called him to this new land. All right, to this new mission, to this new way of life, that Abram was very comfortable. He knew where all of his animals were. He knew exactly where uh, that, that sinkhole was in the land to keep, his, to keep his domesticated animals from falling in it. He knew exactly where his inheritance was going to come. He could plan ahead. He knew his 401k was going to be solid, right? He knew his IRAs and all that stuff were set. He was good, okay? But God is calling him to something new, all right, he obeys. That doesn't mean that it was eventually going to be solid and going to be easy. Why? Because he's a foreigner in a new land. 
If any of you all have ever done any traveling, you know that there's a little bit of discomfort when you go, when you're a foreigner in a new land. I don't mean in a new country necessarily, although there, there you go. When we went to South Africa, I mean, I was like, I, I, I'm on a different planet. And it really wasn't that much different than the United States. When we went to Belize, I'm like, what, what are we doing here? Haiti. But I'm, not, I'm just talking about like, we went to California. That might as well be a new planet. All right? That's a strange place, folks. Go to San Francisco for an hour. All right? You'll be on the first plane back. Okay, anyway, the idea is this, all right? He's in a new land, and he's a foreigner, and he's living in a tent. Abraham had to live in tents. He had to struggle, and he had to endure. Sometimes when we are called, doesn't mean that God's going to call us to a place of comfort. He might call us to a place of discomfort. Now, folks, that doesn't mean when I'm talking about being called, I'm not necessarily talking about to a new place or necessarily to a new job. It might be to a new situation in life. Peggy, can I use you for a second? Peggy has endured something. Hopefully, this is the most difficult thing you'll ever have to endure, losing your parents in this shorter frame of time. God, though, is calling her to a new season in life. This is a new season that she's having to endure. Now, I'm not saying it's a better season, but it's a different season. It's a different season where God is going to call her and has been preparing her this entire life. She put him with that, she put her with that big guy to help her be prepared for this moment. I bet you he was a rock for you over this. When God calls you, he's not calling you to something that you can prepare for on your own. He's calling you to do something that he alone can prepare you with, either through faith, through his spirit, or through individuals that he puts in your life. So even though Abram was dealing with this struggle in tents, as a foreigner in a new land, God was with him the entire time. And so by faith, Abraham endured. That's important. He endured that struggle. And thirdly, by faith, Abraham hoped. Let's read this passage again from Hebrews. It says, By faith he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. And then he says this, and I love this phrase. I love this. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Now, if you read through Genesis, you don't see that there. You don't see that there. What you see, though, is you see the author of Hebrews, by God's Spirit, okay, illuminating what the heart of Abraham was hoping for. And here's what he was hoping for. He was hoping for something that man could not build. He was hoping for something that his father's inheritance could not provide. He was hoping for something that was so miraculous, so grandiose, that it could only be by the blessing of God. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Now, we could say that that was the promised land that he was being called to, but I dare say he was looking for even a greater land still, where he is not just in a land on earth, but he is in a place in the presence of Christ. Of Christ. The ultimate answer to the promise that Abraham was given was Christ. It was not Isaac. It was not Jacob. It was not David. 
It was not Solomon. Go down the line. The ultimate answer to the promise that God blessed Abraham with was Jesus. And that's what he was hoping for. How does he do that? By faith. How can you hope for something this big without faith? The issue with the church and with individual Christians today is not that our hope is in something too big. It's too often that our hope is in something too small. We cannot comprehend what God has in store for us. He has done the only thing that he could do for finite minds like ours to understand what he has prepared. And this right here is true 100%. But I dare say that when we come into the presence of Christ in this city that the foundations were set by God, the architect, that we will be overwhelmed. We will be overwhelmed. So that's Abram. By faith, he went By faith, he endured. And by faith, he hoped. That faith motivated him and encouraged him and helped him to persevere. Now, here's where I'm going to bring it home, and I'm going to ask you some questions, all right, as we close. And it's this. If God has not yet called us to something specific, or if God is calling us to something specific or if you are wrestling with something right now, I think it's important that we ask ourselves some questions about how to discern God's will in our lives, right? We will never be out of God's providence, but we also do not want to be out of His will, which means we don't want to be, we want to be following the path that God has set for us, and we don't want to be living in sin. We want to honor Him with our lives every moment. So when a saint is called, how do we know that the Lord is calling us? Or how do we discern that instead it's our own selfish desires and not that of the Lord? So ask yourself these questions. Does what you feel called to honor the Lord? Because I guarantee you that God is never going to call you to something that dishonors Him. I have heard individuals explain away sinful behavior or a sinful lifestyle because they believed that God was leading them to it. Folks, you might have been hearing a voice. I'm going to steal from David here. You might have been hearing a voice, but it was not the voice of God. God is never going to lead you to something that dishonors his name or the name of his son. Is it biblical? Is it biblical? What is, if what God is calling you to, is it biblical? Or is it unbiblical? Does the Scripture forbid it? God is never going to call us to something that goes against Scripture. He's just not. Does it advance the kingdom and bring God glory? This is something that matters to me greatly. This is something I think about a lot. When I have a strict decision in my life that I need to make, one of the things that I think about is... Is what I'm getting ready to do going to advance the kingdom in some way? Now, I'm not talking about what meal I get off the fast food menu, all right? I'm talking about significant life-altering changes in my life. Does this, does this situation or circumstance 
by me accomplishing this or chasing this, is this going to advance the kingdom? Is it going to bring God glory? Now, this is one that I've seen a lot of pastors, the next one, I've seen a lot of pastors fail at, and it wrecks everything. And it's this, does your spouse support it? Does your spouse support it? If you believe that God has a plan and that God is providentially in control and you believe that your spouse is part of that plan, you better check to see whether or not your spouse is on board with whatever direction you believe God is calling you to. Let me use this as a very personal and I think it'll be relevant for you all. Back in 2016, in the summer of 2016, we're playing softball before the age of COVID, right? And Paul Grimes alerts me to the fact that his church has a pastor retiring. 2016, right? No, we'll figure it out. Might have been 2015. I think it was 2015. It doesn't matter. Anyway, back in the day, all right? And so I submit a resume. I go and I preach. And that afternoon, I get a call from Sir Melvin offering me the position here. And folks, I just want you to know that that was two weeks in my life that I've wrestled with more than any other decision in my life. Because I knew at that point that God was calling me to be a pastor. But honestly, I, was, I came to preach that trial sermon as a practice run for something else. <laughs> I really, I did not believe for one instant that I was going to get a phone call back. Now, here's the thing. I was really confused about whether... It was the time. It's not that it was that I wasn't being called. It was, am I being called here at this time? I was confused. I struggled with that. My wife was not. It was not the right time. And we had a really good discussion about it. We prayed about it. We talked about it. And it just wasn't the right time. And what's funny is that nine months later, when we had our second discussion, it was the right time. But I've seen too many individuals go forth on this extravagant plan, dragging their spouse along with them, and it wrecks their lives. It wrecks their lives. Because I don't believe that God is going to call one individual to something magnificent without calling the other or giving the other peace to it. Which goes along to the second one. Does it wreck your home? Will you go into great irresponsible debt, damage your children's future, or cause others harm by seeking that path? Remember, we're asking, is this God's will for my life? Or is this me just wanting to, you know, sow my royal oats, if you will? Okay? To use that phrase. Is this going to wreck our future? Am I going to destroy my my life? God's not going to call us to do that either to wreck generations upon generations or do something completely disastrous for our lives. He wants us to be responsible. Does your church feel as though you are called? When you all are making a big decision in your life that has nothing to do with ministry, might add, just a big decision in your life, have we ever thought about actually consulting the church about it? Let's pick on Timmy. Timmy, I don't, nothing specific, I'm just making this up. Timmy has a, a, a massive opportunity in his life, but it's going to affect a broad number of things. It's going to affect his time playing in the band. 
uh, with, uh, with David and Amber. It's going to affect his time being here. He may even have to relocate. And he's struggling with that. Is this God's will? Now, Timmy could try to wrestle that on his own. Maybe confide in David. Confide in his imaginary friends. Or he could come to the church and say, would you all pray with me over the next few weeks to give me either confirmation that this is right or for God to make it very clear that it's not. You know, I can't, I can't count the number of times where individuals in the church have been able to speak just wisdom into situations allowing you to see light at the end of that tunnel to know whether or not this is just your own voice or whether it's God's voice. Do you have confirmation in your Christian fellowship, your friends, family, co-workers? And finally, do you have peace about it? I have to believe that as Abraham, by faith, was, being, was called and he obeyed and left, that he may have... I, I, I don't doubt that he may have struggled with that at first. But as soon, as soon as he made the decision to go, there was a sense of peace. And you know what I mean by that. That when you make a, a big decision, and all of a sudden, after you get done with it, some people call it buyer's remorse. You start having buyer's remorse about that, right? Well, when it comes to these sorts of things, sometimes that might mean that we might have made the wrong decision. But in other cases, when we know that we're following God's will, there's just a sense of peace. When we finally felt that it was the right time to join this congregation, God gave such a sense of peace about that that we never doubted that decision to this day. We never doubted that decision. Now, that doesn't mean it was hard. It wasn't easy. That does not mean that it wasn't hard. We've gone through some difficult times over the last four years, right? I'm not your all's pastor for two weeks. And Carol husband, Carol's husband, Jerry, passes away. And i got to preach a funeral for a man I barely knew in a very difficult situation. But God still gave peace about that. So let me close with this. It is important as believers that we trust and believe in God's providence. But it, at the same time, it is important for us to be seeking out to be faithful to God's will. And so we read His Word, we pray, we are in communion with fellow believers, and we're open with our lives to one another, discussing these things so people can speak truth and wisdom into our lives to help us with these monumental decisions. Because some of these decisions, folks, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to tell you, we're not qualified to make them on our own. We're just not. We need help. We need the insight of brothers and sisters in Christ who have been there. Who have been there. When Jerry passed away, two, two and a half weeks after I came, I, came, I think it was, I think Donna, I think you're the one that called me about that to let me know. I made a phone call 30 minutes after you called, and it was to my former pastor. I said, how do I deal with this one? They don't prepare you for that in, at Southern Seminary. 
They prepare you really, really well for reading and studying and teaching and, and interpreting the text. They do not prepare you to preach a funeral such as that. And he spoke wisdom and truth. And the most important thing, he encouraged me and prayed for me. If God has not yet called you to something monumental in your life, and when I say monumental, I don't mean some big public scene. I mean something specifically monumental in your life, a signpost, a memorial, something that you're going to look back on and say that that was a season, that was a moment in a season in my life that has changed the course of my life. As Peggy, you have experienced here recently. If he's not done that yet, he will. We need to prepare ourselves for that. Like Abraham prepared by taking all of his stuff, we need to prepare ourselves spiritually for that. You do not want to be caught unprepared when the Lord is calling us. And even then, we still won't be prepared enough. But trust this, that what, God, what He is calling us to is greater, is greater than where we are leaving. And what I mean by that is in His plan. Just remember that and be faithful and trust and He will help you.